Hi, everybody, and welcome to Martin Bandike Undercovers. In December of 2013, I had the chance to talk to Vivek Twari, the acclaimed Broadway theater producer turned graphic novelist. I talked to Vivek about his graphic novel, The Fifth Beetle, which had just been released and was jumping to the top of the graphic novel bestseller list in the New York Times. In fact, shortly after I talked to Vivek, The Fifth Beetle got to that number one spot. The Fifth Beetle is all about Brian Epstein, the Beatles manager from 1961 until his death in 1967. Epstein discovered the band in Liverpool, believed in them from the very beginning, and guided them to worldwide fame. My first question to Vivek Twari about The Fifth Beatle, his new graphic novel, had to do with his interest in Brian Epstein. I was wondering if he was a fan of Brian Epstein and The Beatles since he was a kid. Well, you know, I was a fan of The Beatles since I was a kid, absolutely. Like, my parents uh, were huge Beatles fans, and so my my childhood home was was full of the sounds of The Beatles. And, in fact, uh, you know, I'm I'm fairly certain that they played, played The Beatles when I was in the womb. So you might say that I've been listening to The Beatles since before I was even born. Um, and incidentally, my my parents were also big fans of comics. So in a lot of ways, you know, they they are the root of all of this, and and these are bringing two of my my great loves together. But as you know from uh, from taking a look at the book, it really is the story of Brian Epstein. So my my experience coming to the Brian Epstein story started about 21 years ago when I was in business school at the Wharton School uh, in Philadelphia, and I was dreaming about working in the entertainment sphere. And being a little academic, I thought that I ought to study the lives of the great entertainment visionaries, thinking that Brian and the Beatles were the team that kind of wrote and then rewrote the rules of the pop music business. I thought I should study about the life of Brian Epstein, how he did the things he did for the band, how he got them a record deal when no one wanted to sign them, how he thought about the packaging of the the suits and the haircuts and the performance-ending bows, and how he convinced Ed Sullivan to book them when... when, uh, you know, no British band had ever made an impact in the United States. Like, these were the sort of stories and, and the, the education, the case study, if you will, that I was after. And um, I began a tremendous amount of research. You know, the reason I like uh, dropping the 21 years ago uh, date is that putting, it, putting that in perspective, there are no online resources, there's no Wikipedia, there's no YouTube. Um, and I'm very proud to say The Fifth Beatle today is the only book in print about Brian Epstein. So 21 years ago, there was no books for me. There was no online resources. So it was very difficult. To, uh, you know, so I be, it became this mystery that I had to uncover. And I did uncover it. And, and it was a wonderful Beatles story, you know, getting the answers to all those, those sort of business questions I was after. But it was really um, uncovering details about Brian's personal life that, that particularly struck a deep chord for me. And um, you will uh, you'll know you know from having read the book you know in in brief he was gay and Jewish and from Liverpool um, at a time when those were three significant obstacles it was literally a felony to be gay it was against the law uh, it was there was a, a anti-Semitism was rampant in the country and Liverpool was a town that had no cultural influence so in a lot of ways. By this, for this gay Jewish man to be running around Liverpool saying, I found a local band and they're going to be bigger than Elvis. You know, it was, it was crazy. It was laughable. And, but it was his dream. And it was a, a, a beautiful, bold dream. And he pursued it doggedly. And he accomplished it. Um, and to me, that was very inspiring. You know, I, I, in my life, I've never had the degree of obstacles that Brian faced, certainly. But, I, you know, being a first-generation 
um, American parents of Indian origin, trying to make my way in the world of graphic novels, Broadway, film, television, etc. While I'm not the only one uh, like me, um, we we are a pretty rare be- breed, and uh, and so I could kind of relate to some of the personal struggles that Brian faced. Again, not the depths of his struggles, but the str- but the the concept, the struggles themselves, and so. Um, so the story's just been incredibly inspirational to me, both on a business side as well as on a personal side. Mm. Were you able to uh, travel to Liverpool and speak to some of his friends, family members? Does he have much family still alive, Vivek? Um, you know, I'll answer the the, the second question first. Um, unfortunately, uh, Brian. I mean, there is there is a uh, absolutely a Brian Epstein family, an Epstein family, uh, and the estate has been very supportive of this project. And the, you know, literally the first thing that I did when I um, when I decided I wanted to do this was I flew to Liverpool, and uh, you know, at the at the risk of showing you how much of a geek I am, the very first thing I did was I sat down uh, on Brian's grave and I asked his permission. Um, but right after doing that, I tracked down his family and spoke to the estate and, uh, you know, and got their goodwill. Um, this is not an officially endorsed by the estate project, and, uh, and God bless them for that. You know, they really wanted me to, um, to be able to tell the story the way I wanted to tell it, with warts and all, if you will. And so they said, you know, we'll help you, or we're happy to, to be as involved as you want us to be, and, and please keep us in the loop. Um, but, you know, they didn't want to hamstring me, hamstring me with, the the veneer of it being you know sort of potentially whitewashed or you know endorsed by the estate which which to me was was would have sort of defeated a little bit of the purpose here um but they have been wonderful um however uh you know only one of uh, of Brian's surviving family members um uh, actually knew him and she was 4 when he died that was his niece um, so, you know, she only has the very vaguest memories of Brian. So while the estate, have, they have been wonderful in opening up their archives and in supporting the project, you know, there's only so much I could really glean from them about Brian personally. The, you know, be, because there were no books available about Brian and there were um, no online resources, the, the bulk of the research for this project was done through one-on-one interviews with the people who, who lived with Brian and who knew him the best. And... Um, you know the way that i that i went about that was i started by just reading every well-respected Beatles book I could get my hands on. And, you know, so I'd read these three, 400-page books about the Beatles, and I would accumulate, you know, there would be 10 good pages about Brian. But by reading, you know, all these pages about Brian, I began to, to develop a portrait of who were the people who kind of knew him the best, who knew him both both on a, from a business side but also from a personal side. And um, and then I, I just tracked these folks down. And, you know, there was Nat Weiss, who was his best friend and closest confidant and, and the Beatles' U.S. attorney, there was Sid Bernstein, who was the legendary concert promoter that brought the Beatles over to the United States for the first time. And um, Nat was gay and, and, and shared with Brian that sort of struggle. And, and Sid was Jewish and, and shared with Brian that sort of cultural struggle as the, the two young Jewish men making their way in, uh, in an industry that, that on the surface didn't really want them. Mm. Um, I know that sounds strange in modern terms, but, but Jews just didn't work uh, extensively in the music business, certainly not in the U.K. in the 1960s. Um, and Joanne Peterson was wonderful to me. She was Brian's personal. She was Brian's assistant, uh, and was was really with him literally until the bitter end. She was there uh, in the house when when they discovered his his body uh, having passed away uh, in his sleep. 
Um, and, you know, I just basically tracked these folks down. And, you know, unsurprisingly, they were a little wary to talk to me at first. <laughs> uh, you know, who is this kid and, and what does he want? And, you know, this is 21 years ago. And I had no resume, no career accomplishments. And, you know, but after speaking to me once or getting a few notes from me, they, I think they realized I was, uh, you know, very genuine about my, my desire to learn more about Brian. I was just a young person whose heart was in the right place and looking for inspiration. And uh, and they slowly, I'm happy to say, became friends. And 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 over the years, you know, opened up more and more about Brian. And when it, about eight years ago, when I decided I wanted to tell the story in uh, in both graphic novel and film form, I certainly reached back out to all of them and I said, you know, now I'm looking for more than just inspiration. I actually want to tell this story. Uh, and you know, I'm happy to say they were all very supportive. And they said, that's great. You're the person to do it. How can we help? And um, and it's been it's been very organic in that sense. You know, really over the course of 20 years, you know, some of these folks who knew him just slowly started opening up more and more about him. And I think because they trusted me more and more and because they realized that, that my heart and the heart of the fifth beetle is, is in the right place. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. we're not looking to whitewash anything, but we are looking to tell the heart of the Brian Epstein story and what is truly inspiring about his story. Tell us about uh, your collaborators uh, on The Fifth Beetle, uh, Andrew C. Robinson and um, Kyle uh, Baker. Tell us more about Kyle and Andrew Vivek. Yeah, so um, Andrew and Kyle are two wonderful uh, comic book artists who I'm, I'm so blessed to have worked with on this project. Um, Andrew uh, did the bulk of the book. Um, Kyle Baker does a seven-page sequence at the end that that, uh, that covers the Beatles' time in the Philippines and pays homage to the old Beatles cartoons from the 1960s. Um, so I'll I'll start with Andrew. Um, you know, I met Andrew very in the in the very very early days when I was looking for an artist on this project. He was one of the first people that I spoke to, and I knew his talent. You know, I, I was a, as a comic book fan, I, I I knew his work. And you know, if you've if you've had a chance to flip through the book, you'll you'll know that it's it's uh, it's breathtaking. It is. And, yes. and I, I had nothing to do with it, so I'm not pat, patting myself on the back when I say that. Um, but Andrew's work is simply breathtaking on this book. So I knew that he would be able to handle uh, the artwork uh, brilliantly. But um, when I met with Andrew, it also became very clear that he was the right guy for the book for because of his passion. Um, he loved the script. He loved the Brian Epstein story, much like me. Uh, he didn't know uh, anything about the Brian Epstein story, and, and reading my script was like a, re- a revelation. And, and it was clear that he was sort of, you know, lo- loved the heart of the story, not just it wasn't just a, a great Beatles story, a good project to be attached to. It was something that became very personal for Andrew as well. And the other thing about Andrew is that he is very collaborative. And because this was my first book, uh, it was important for me to work with an artist who, you know, when there were sequences that I knew exactly what I want, I could say, you know, I want three panels on this page. I want these camera angles. I want this lighting. You know, I want this kind of facial expression. Here's the photo references. And I could tell him exactly what I wanted. And and he he could, he had the talent to deliver it. Um, Obviously, he's not an automaton. You know, he, if he had ideas, he would, he would share them with me. But, you know, in those instances, he could give me exactly what I wanted and was happy to do that. And then there were other moments in my script and when I had no idea what to do. And I said, you know, here's the dialogue and here's what the characters are feeling and here's what, um, what's going on tonally in, in the sequence. But how we do it in sequential art, like, I don't know. And then he'd say, great, you know, here's my ideas and here's a pencil sketch and let's work this out together. And, you know, so Andrew is very, very collaborative in that sense. And, you know, I, I come from a theater background and so collaboration is definitely in my blood. But especially because this was my first book, uh, you know, working with somebody who was going to be very collaborative was really important for me. 
And then the third wonderful component about Andrew Robinson is he is is as meticulous and anal as I am. <laughs> you know, it was very important for us to get the uh, the wardrobe correct, the architecture correct, the facial expressions correct. Um, you know, and uh, and there's a lot of Beatles geeks out there like myself who will pour through this book and will pick up on on things that are that are right or wrong. And and we wanted to make sure that there that nothing was wrong. Uh-huh. And uh, and Andrew was like that. You know, I could see that there might have been another artist who would say, "Really? You know, is this such a big deal? Like, let's move on. It would be very difficult to spend the time getting this so perfect." But but Andrew was the opposite. Andrew said, "We got to get this perfect." And and I'm the same way. And so. So that was another really, uh, really wonderful thing about working with Andrew. Mm. And, uh, and Kyle Baker, you know, Kyle does this cartoon sequence I mentioned at the back that, that pays yeah. homage to the old Beatles cartoons of the 1960s. And, you know, we wanted it to feel kind of like an insert in the book, like a radical shift in, in, uh, in artwork. Sure. And while Andrew is somebody that, that I honestly think can do anything, you know, part of the purpose of that sequence, as I said, was, was to, to have it literally feel like it was a different artist, to have a, a, a radical shift in, in styles. And I knew that I wanted it to be very cartoonish cartoony and Kyle Baker is a you know world famous award winning cartoonist and Kyle is also a New Yorker and uh, I'm a New Yorker and we've known each other for years um, we've wanted to work together on something and, and never had and uh, I had a feeling that Kyle probably grew up with the Beatles the way I did and uh, and might have have grown up with the, the Beatles cartoons and so I reached out to him and, and sure enough he was like I loved those cartoons growing up and I would love to work on something like this and again he read my script and, and was very moved by it and that also so the process with Kyle was also very wonderful and organic and I wound up with two artists who, who love the subject and, and who love not just the Beatles but, but love the Brian Epstein story and that was really important to me so it, it's been a, a joy and an honor to work with those guys. Tell us about the film adaptation, uh, which will be coming in in 2014. This is really exciting. Yeah, so, you know, uh, sort of riffing on what I last said about passion, I'm I'm very happy to say that everybody who works on this project is incredibly passionate about it, and uh, and that includes Bruce Cohen, who is my co-producer on the film. Um, Bruce is, uh, you know, his credits speak for themselves. He won the Academy Award for American Beauty. He also uh, was nominated uh, for the Academy Award two other times for producing Milk and Silver Linings Playbook, and he also produced Big Fish for Tim Burton. And, uh, you know, if you look at those films and if you've read the book, uh, The Fifth Beetle, you'll know that the DNA of The Fifth Beetle is in all of those films. <laughs> you know, we sort of, we have the whimsy and the, the, the sort of fantasy sequences of something like Big Fish. You know, we have the, um, the importance of, of gay rights and that struggle of something like Milk. And we have, the, you know, the focus on the human struggle and family issues and, and the sense of, of pathos that you see in films like American Beauty and, and Silver Linings Playbook. So Bruce could not be the more ideal for this project from a, from a background standpoint, from a resume standpoint. Um, but, you know, I'll also I'll quote Bruce in something he said at a panel we did together at New York Comic Con uh, when he was talking about his connection to the Brian Epstein story. And he said, I'm not from Liverpool, but I am gay and I am Jewish. Uh, you know, so, so the story is very personal for Bruce as well. He really could relate to a lot of the struggles Brian went through. Oh, so Bruce has, has been incredible in helping me put this together. And uh, the two very exciting pieces of news on the film, the, the first is that we um, secured the approval of the Beatles through Apple Corps and, uh, and did a deal with Sony ATV, which is a long-winded and technical way of saying that we've secured access to Beatles music for the film. 
Um, it's a huge endorsement uh, to have received from the band and a huge uh, score for us for the film. We are literally the first and only film in Beatles history uh, to have gotten those approvals. Um, I'm sorry, in, in, in history at all. We are the first and only film about the band in history to have gotten complete access to the Lennon-McCartney catalog for the film. Wow. So we are, <laughs> it, it is a, a huge uh, honor for us. Um, so while this is not an official Beatles project, uh, you know, there's obviously uh, the Beatles' uh, heart, and, heart and soul will be, in, will be heard in the film, and, and there's been a lot of goodwill between the, the two camps, so we're, I'm very proud about that. Um, and the other exciting piece of news for the film that we just announced last week is that Peyton Reed has come on board to direct. Uh, Peyton is a wonderful director. Uh, he directed Bring It On. He directed uh, Yes Man with Jim Carrey, um, directed uh, The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. And if you've seen these films, you'll also kind of understand why uh, Peyton is so ideal for this, because his films, you know, on, on the surface, they're very fun and entertaining in much the same way the Beatles are fun and entertaining. But, you know, underneath that, there is a, a real depth of uh, of concern for the human condition, mm-hmm. you know, the struggle for accomplishment, the sense of, of incredible ambition, a desire to love and be loved, you know, the very, the most basic sort of human drives are a real core part of, of Peyton's filmmaking, and, and that's the Brian Epstein story. And, uh, and again, you know, um, so, so Peyton's resume makes sense, but also if you sit down and talk to him about it, you'll see he's as passionate about this project as I am, as Bruce is, as Andrew is. You know, passion really is a word that, that spreads to all the key players involved in this project, and, and I'm happy to say Peyton could not be, ha- be more passionate about this. <laughs> and uh, it's a real honor and a thrill to, to be working with him in, in taking, uh, taking what we've done with the graphic novel and, and put it on the screen. Mm, mm. And the, uh, the screenplay's done. I wrote the screenplay myself. And we are um, going to be reaching out to actors to play Brian Epstein. That that is our next big push for the film is securing our Brian Epstein. Who who do you envision? Can you can you tell me like if you had your choice right now of any living actor who who would you choose to to portray Brian Epstein? Yeah, I'm sorry. We've we've obviously done a lot of disclose. thinking about that, but I, I need I need to keep that close. To the I to, I totally understand. You know, we're, we're, I'm happy to say that there's a lot of really interesting options and, and mm. folks who are a lot of uh, wonderful actors who are interested. Um, so uh, so, but I I, I can't uh, I can't get into casting discussions right now. Yeah, I understand. Hopefully, we'll have an announcement to make. Uh, early in the new year about that. And are you thinking for that this will be released late in 2014 or maybe beyond that? It's going to take a little while before the finished film is done? Yeah, speaking very honestly, I'm going to guess that it'll be released in 2015. Um, we are very much on track to shoot in 2014, um, but to, to imagine shooting and going into post and actually having it released all in the same year, um, not impossible, but would be ambitious. So, you know, being more realistic, I think we'll shoot in 2014 and for a 2015 release. Your passion for this project, Vivek, is just evident from from page one. And I I just can't congratulate you enough on uh, telling the story of Brian Epstein in the fifth Beatle, the Brian Epstein story, which debuted in the top five in the New York Times uh, graphic uh, did, book list. Did. How did Thank that you. feel when you when you saw that news? Oh, My you know, goodness. It's funny, you, you hear the expression to jump for joy, and uh, and I learned where it came from, because when I <laughs> when I opened the email letting me know that, uh, that, that, uh, that we had landed at number five, I literally was found myself airborne. I was <laughs> in the air with my fist bump, well, fist bump in the air, 
uh, it was amazing, and and it really took us by surprise. You know, th- this book is, as you can tell, it's a labor of love. It's it's a piece of passion for us. It's you know, it's not a, it's not something that I've been, you know, focused on sales and how do we make money off of this. I mean, like obviously, I want my book to sell, but the reason I want my book to sell is because I want to know that a ton of people are reading it and are getting exposed to the Brian Epstein story. So it's a long-winded way of saying, like, I wasn't following the charts. I wasn't looking. You know, I found out because a friend, Paul Levitz, who's the the uh, former head of DC uh, Entertainment who follows the charts, he sent me an email and said, I'm smiling to see your book debuting in the bestseller charts at the New York <laughs> Times. And I said, what? And I clicked on the link, and that's how I found out because I, I wasn't looking. You know, I, I, didn't, I couldn't have imagined such a thing was going to happen. And it's been very, very gratifying to know that, that so many people have uh, – have embraced the story and and enjoy the book and are learning about Brian. I mean that that was that was part of the point. Oh, fabulous! Published by Empress, a division of Dark Horse Comics, the Fifth Beetle, the Brian Epstein story, written by our guest Vivek Tuari. Vivek, thank you so much for your time. Thank and you. Thanks so for much. writing the story about Brian Epstein. Uh, congratulations once again. Thank you. And if I might just make one final uh, plug, because I, I just ought to do it. Please. Uh, if uh, if anyone wants more information about the book and breaking news on the film, um, we have a very robust website at fifthbeetle.com. Um, we're also very active active as the fifth beetle on Facebook and we do have uh, a Twitter account that we are also very active in, in disseminating breaking news about the book and the film and that's at fifth beetle and certainly I can also be reached on Twitter personally at, at Vivek J. Tuari and, um, and the, the news on this project really does seem to be coming fairly fast and furious um, so I really do encourage anyone who's, uh, who's interested in what we're doing to, um, to follow us. Can't wait for the uh, film to arrive, uh, most likely in 2015. And can't, oh, I can't wait to find out who you cast as Brian. <laughs> yeah, big I hope news. to have an announcement for you uh, early in the new year. I uh, do. Good stuff. Thanks so much again for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was uh, great fun to be on.